Hey, and welcome to this week's edition of the Rugby Report Card. With me is Jim. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Feeling very refreshed after a couple of nights since the big test. Which one was the big test? Well, the second one, wasn't it? First one was great to see the Aussies do their thing, but it really was that second test that took the night away. Yeah, absolutely. It was a fantastic game. Looking forward to chatting about that. And also with me is Blake. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. And echoing Jim's thoughts. That that Springbok Kiwi test felt like a uh, you know, a once in a decade sort of test match. It was it was awesome. Yeah, and, and I think that's what I think we all hope that both games will be at that level, but I'm glad we at least got one. You know, the the ferocity of the of the game, the the intensity was just was just outstanding. It was just so uh, so much fun. Can we now uh, confirm that South Africa are our second best team in the world, even though they've gone back to number one? No, we beat them two 0 mate. The whole thing's confusing. I think yeah. arguably Australia is the top. I think there is a case for Australia's at the top because, you know, we played them early on in the international season. You know, we we, we didn't have our squad. Now that we do and we beat the team that beat them, it only makes sense mathematically that we're at the top now. Just if you crunch the numbers, Richard, it really explains itself. And if you can't do the math, I can't help you. Well, I've I've done the math, and just to let you know, because South Africa beat New Zealand, and they obviously have a higher tariff, so that means they go back to number one. But did you carry the one, mate? If if oh, you did the math on it, if you don't understand the math, I, I can't help you, mate. Yeah, I, ca- I carried the one and got a calculator too, man. I did it long and shorthand. Don't question the math, man. It's actually very hard to to read into any of it because even when we were playing the All Blacks, we were playing without our 9, 10, and 12 um, and without running Tupo on. We were a very different team then. And then the team, the All Black team that played the Springboks was a very different team. Um, yeah, so, you know, the math is hard, but if you can't do the numbers, I can't help you. We, our whole attack you was did. different. Our whole attack, when Karevi was our main focus <laughs> at 12, making ad line, and then the backs dazzling off the back of Karevi's momentum and the forwards just, you know, finding some continuity and some relationships there. Like, if you put all that together, the math does add up. And if you, yeah, if you not, nine, that, 10, and 12. I can't help you. White Quaid Karevi. It's basically Pythagoras' theorem, Richard. And if you can't do the math, I can't help you. <laughs> and when you throw Twiggy in, what, once Twiggy jumps in and does his twigonometry, you'll find that the math, Richard, oh, it points geez. in one direction and that's the top for Australia. Yeah. So we'll just leave it there. Yeah. But I did Could enjoy this just go through it? Can I just say, on, on, a, on a side point, and I did like that. That was funny. Um you have to say that you got to put put it out to the the, the South Africans. They adapted and they they, they uh, changed their game plan, and that was the best game they played in a, in a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did they, I, they, I mean, they changed it a bit. They still kicked a fuck. I, I think they Jesus, they kicked a lot, um, but I think they'd passed the ball more times in the first twenty five minutes than they had in the entire game the week before. So they're obviously showing something a little bit more. Um, but, you know, at this level, I think the game they play, like we said, it's it's inches. New Zealand dropped a ball mm. at the start. They were good enough this week to to execute off that. Um, mm. New Zealand missed some kicks a goal. Like, it, it was neck and neck, these two teams, playing two very different styles. Mm. What I think, the narrative that I think is most interesting is that style of South African is so repulsive that if they win we justify it as awesome but if they lose mate the pitchforks come out don't they everyone despises it but when they win it's like yeah it's a, it's a good yeah. strategy but then you saw new zealand because obviously south africa kicked at a truck as dozen heaps 
And, you know, we, we come on here and we and we throw shade at the 15s who can't take it on the full, but we see it across every team. It's really hard to do, especially consistency. And you're going to get the rub of the green if the bomb is diffused in the opposing team's territory. So I think it's here to stay. People, I think it's going to be here forever. Whenever you're a bit shit on attack, you're just up and under. The Gary Owen. Yeah, I think um, they, we got to... Um give credit where credit's due to the execution. I remember that first week, you know, when the, the Springboks played Australia in the first game. They were kicked a lot, but they were it was aimless kicking. It was there was poor chase, whereas their execution was at a much higher uh, degree this time. And, and you've got to play credit to that. And that brings us to the point about, yes, um, the receipt under pressure. And that's the big thing. When you've got a, a good chase, so hard to take a high ball under pressure. And even from a restart, I, kudos to the All Blacks. Their restarts, yeah. that short little chip to the 10 meter every time. Yeah, even then they've, they've put, they've put the cushions all around you so you can't be touched. It's still impossible. Look, mm. I made a career mm. out of dropping balls at 15. It's very hard. It's very, very hard. But kicking, schmicking. I think to make actual... a career out of dropping balls at 15 sounds tough, yeah. <laughs> um, kicking, yeah. schmicking, whatever. I think what was most impressive about the Springboks is the pack showed up. They mm. they were, they were beat up the All Blacks. They beat them up at Breakdown. Um, Vermeulen, Khaleesi, they showed up this week. Uh, pulling the front row early was super strange, uh, but clearly... You bring Malcolm Marks on to play more than a half. Something was doing. The forward pack was angry. They were yoked. They were huge. Uh, and I think they won it up front this week. Mm. And that's where they, they they applied that difference to the All Blacks. Yeah. We, um, we talked about this. I'm surprised they didn't. Sorry, we talked about this. When you bring your front row on at halftime and one of them goes down injured, people just go, oh, fuck it, bring the old prop back on. We don't want uncontested scrums. But if a back goes down... And your bench is flat. You, you better believe that Tupo's running on at the wing, or whoever you've got left is going to shuffle out. Like they just don't seem to give a shit if it's the front row going down. So I don't know if that's as big as a risk as people play it out to be. If you change your front row, mate, everyone's just fine. Yeah, you could even do a cheeky interchange, couldn't you? I'm yeah, sure Rassie's thought of this. He's texting her over in his boxer shorts. Um, but everything's set aside. What a what a brilliant game of rugby. Um, I just just loved it. I just loved it from start to finish. And I know a lot of people coming out of the woodworks telling me how good of a game of rugby that was. So I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And God, it's nice watching the All Blacks lose. Yeah, I just want to just come back to just a point about the front row. I actually was surprised he left it that long because I thought they made such a such a huge difference. It was like two minutes before the uh, half time, wasn't it? Uh, I thought the, the front the, the front row were outstanding, but I couldn't agree with your sentiments anymore. I think if you if you didn't enjoy that game, you just you don't like you don't love rugby. You know, let's uh, uh, let's just go on to uh, go and choose another game because it was it was outstanding. Crazy eyes, Vincent Cock. You see those eyes, man? It's a scary dude. Mm. I want to pack anything mm. down with him. Mm. Uh, what is um what did you what do you want to do today i don't think it's an opportunity i don't think there's any point going through players so what about trying to pick a, a 15 a joint 15 at the the rugby championship boys yeah but here we go here's the stipulation i reckon we have to agree and i think democracy rules here and if you can't do the math on that richard i can't help you it means two of us need to agree you need two um, votes richard <laughs> so Jim, uh, uh, we're 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 here together, yeah. Let's just screw over Blake, yeah. Um, you so, happy with that? So should we start at fullback? 
I'll get, yeah, I'll get sure, the ball rolling. All right, I'm going to go through. Um, Willie LaRue was about the worst player I've ever seen. And hang, when, hang on, hang on, hang on. You, you, can't, you can't give all your – who are you picking for? No, I'm getting, working through. You can't tell us who you're not picking. You started with who yeah, you're not picking. just get to the point, man. Yeah, I'm getting to the point. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm eliminating you. It's a roundabout so, way. Am I doing really, well, Richard? Am right. I picking your side? Am I doing well? You know what, Jim? You're outstanding, man. It's not as good as your song last week, but I appreciate the effort, man. Willie LaRue is out. He was atrocious. I'd fire him. Tom Banks is out. He was atrocious. Reese Hodge can't catch. He was out. He so was just to confirm, you still haven't chosen someone yet? Yeah, I'm getting there, mate. Relax. <laughs> Argentinian fullback. Don't even know who it was. So he's out. Um, and then really, you know, I'm thinking, I, I haven't ruled out Francois Stain. That fat cameo was outstanding. Um, he came on overweight, out of shape, and turned the whole series on its head. I'm pretty close to picking Francois Stain, but for the clutch kicks at goal, I'm going Geordie Barrett. What do you boys think? Yeah. You can't disagree, can you? <laughs> no, I completely second that. The, the stats back it up as well. You know, Geordie had a great tournament. And I think actually, <laughs> the uh, I think for him, I think he put a, a marker down. I think you mentioned it last week in terms of... Um, Bodenborough, I think he's put a real, yeah, potentially I mentioned moving him to the wing, but I feel like he's cemented that place for your back. So I think he, he did really, really well in that in, in the fullback position. Well, that's two, so you better just fall in line here, Jim. Well, yeah, it's impossible. You know, I'm going back to round one, hoping Cheslin Colby got five minutes at, uh, at fullback, but he didn't. So, look, you can't look past Geordie Barrett. It's going to be Geordie Barrett. Congratulations, Geordie. You're the rugby report card 15 for the TRC series. Well done. And, and yeah, you can do the math on that, Jordy. Um, all right, Sting. Yeah. Uh, Jim, you can get us kick-started with the Sting. Sting, 14. It's got to be uh, – Corbett, played 11, didn't he? So I can't really – if it's not, it's Kellaway. The standout wing of the series. Now, obviously, there's others who throw their hand up, but I think if you're after Mr. Consistent, there's not many others that are deserving of that 14 jersey in this little fake squad we're putting together. Can we actually do the back three as a whole? Sorry. I just think it's easier. Do you want to do 11 and 14? Yeah, it is easier. Sweet. I'm going 14. I'm going Will Jordan 11. Uh, I just wanted to say on the Callaway point, um, not only was he the best winger in the comp, I saw him shirt off after the game having a schooner. Proper looks like an average Bob. Just no run on the mill, dude. It really impressed me. So you're saying he's, he's running 15 to 20% body fat. Is that what you're saying? Mate, I don't want to throw those sort of numbers around. And if you can't do the math on that, <laughs> I can't help you. But just just look like a run-of-the-mill bob. Uh, and for that reason, Andrew Kellaway is on one of the wings for me. You were doing both wings, champ. Yeah, who's your other one, man? Well, I went first last time, boys. I, I already went. Says, I did Will Jordan. Yeah, I just I'm, did... I'm, I'm, I'm handing to Richard here. Oh, okay. Oh, oh surprise. Thanks. Um, my uh, two wingers, I'd actually go, yeah, definitely Andrew Kellaway, and the other one I'd go Will Jordan. You know, Will Jordan equals second on the try scoring. I think he's just been a bit electric at the time, um, and for, he's got great hands. And Andrew Kellaway, with, with obviously the seven tries, has to be in that team. So uh, for me, the back three would be Barrett, Kellaway, and Jordan. Yeah. I think that's so dynamic. I think defensively as well, they offer a lot too. I'd put... Um, uh, I like Kellaway on the on the right wing. Um, keep him there. I know he obviously scored a hat trick on the left wing this week, but uh, uh, keep Jordan over there on on the left wing. So I think he's so dynamic. So that would be my back. Yeah, three. notable mention, Corabetti. You know, he was our whole team for yeah, he's a my tests pick. at the start. He's my pick. So I disagree with you, boys. I, I'd have Corabetti yeah, and Kellaway, but that's all right. You but, should have just done that before, Richard. You that's know, like how this works. <laughs> okay, no I didn't know he was going to agree with you. <laughs> Do the math on that, mate. 13. I'm going to throw to you, Richard. Yeah. Start us off with 13, please. 
Uh, for me, 13, I, I directly went in with Rico Ioane. I think he had an outstanding tournament. He could have been in the back three, uh, but I think he blossomed in that 13 role, um, not only as a, as a playmaking 13, but uh, defensively as well. I thought he... Uh, um, it was the whole package in that uh, in, in the championship. So for me, he was the outstanding 13. He doesn't even, uh, he's not in my top two. Uh, my top two, I'm going to go, I, I'm saying two because I'm, I'm unsure, but I'm going to reason my thoughts here and end up at one. Uh, Land Still My Sunshine is right up there. He was sensational against the Pumas the last two games, uh, really came into his own. I think I'm going to go arm for that flick pass on the weekend. Um, that was just... <laughs> to say for one part. It was so iconic, mate. It was such an important moment in the series. Uh, and we know what he brings every other week. Uh, for that pass, he's got it over Still My Sunshine for me. The poor Argentinians haven't even got a mention yet. Jim, do you side with either of us or are we going to have to scissors paper off before, uh, before, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before Jim gets in there, just to let you know, clean breaks, seven, mate. Rico had seven clean breaks. I don't mate. reckon Arm like, touched was... the ball the whole series, mate. They just kicked it. <laughs> See, what, what you get with Arm is his over-the-ball work as well, especially in that wider channel. Fuck, it plays a huge role. A, lot, a couple of turnovers on the weekend. I know we got a few over in um, the Lions test as well that were really, really important. So I love seeing that from Arm. It just his lack of engagement, though. Uh, the flick pass was awesome. I'm going to go with Bowden Barrett's flick pass. I just thought that was the, the fucking steam and legs that that flick pass had against the Argies was um was next level. So I'm going that for the flick pass at the comp. But I'm I'm probably going to go with Rico. I'm going to go with no, Rico, no. mate, because Rico oh, he lit me up. He lit my life up when he was making those breaks. I just couldn't get over the turn of pace. I couldn't get over the Will Jordan turn of pace like that shit got my attention. So I'm going with Rico. Look at you two, just in cahoots. Disagree with each other once, you cowards. <laughs> um, <laughs> next up, I'll jump in. Obviously, it is uh, King Samu at 12 with the tucked-in shirt. He's player of the series for me, not just uh, inside centre. He is the man, and I'm terrified about his injury. Uh, thank goodness his scans look positive. So it's it's a no-brainer, number 12, uh, Samu Krevi. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It pains me to say it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's the, he's the obvious 12 with that position. Um, I think there's been too many changes in the other teams as well. But even if there had been a constant across all of them, I think he's had a had a great series. You know, um, his offload game that he brings to it has really added a different dimension. His directness has allowed the, the tens of Australia to play a lot flatter. Um, uh, yeah, I think he's been outstanding. Yeah, clock to three votes up here. Um, there's just no one... That really comes to mind. And I don't know that whether that's a result of just having Karevi Cam on and rooting for the Wallabies. But Havili and Dialande, I mean, Dialande played really well on the weekend. Definitely opened up his game against the All Blacks. But um, sort of a passenger, I sort of picked him as before that. And, and same with Havili, just Mr. Consistent, doing everything right, not really jumping out of the page, which is what we're primarily basing just playing this on. But with Havili. that... But, but with that, yeah, that too. I was going to say that the second consideration here would have had to be Paisami. Just his form in the earlier games of the contest was just outstanding. He would be the second second um, consideration, but I'm going to run with Karevi. There's three votes. Well done. Jim, lead us for the most important position of the field. Now, oh, now this is tough, isn't it? It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's actually not. And we're all going to disagree. Yeah, because so I you already know are... what you're all doing. But I'm going, I'm taking all things into consideration here, right? Performance on the field, that's only a very, very small part. Of oh, jeez. 
it's it's just situational uh, arrival to the squad. His impact on the junior players. Oh, um, yeah, baby. He, his poise under pressure on the microphone doing the interviews post and pre-game. Music Just like ears. some absolute... He could write a book on his mm-hmm. insights. That shit would sell. Are um, we talking about Sonny Bill? He's got a new book. <laughs> no. And, and more than that is his improvement in tackling over the series, which, is, which has not really been spoken about. They ran oh, I assume, Jim, you're talking about Carreras from the Boomers. <laughs> No, Henri Pollard. Yeah, come on. No, I'm going with the big QC and you know it. And I'm glad I've gone first. But QC's getting it for me because, like I said, just huge impact on that team. As soon as he was picked, we didn't lose a game, mate. What does that add up to on the stat book, Richard? You can't do the math on that. Yeah, you're right, boys. I'm struggling. If only I had a calculator here to help me. Uh, Richard, Uh, you're up next. Uh, you know I'm going to disagree with you. So I don't like you. Just cast your vote and say Kuwait, and we move on. I, no, I no just... hold on. Don't cut me off like that. I'm not. Even, I'm going to go further and say everyone else was shit. I thought Bowden Barrett is the no, worst I, I've I... ever seen him play. Pollard was atrocious, uh, and I legitimately had to look up the Argentinian's name because I think he plays on the wing usually. I think it was Quaid oh. and then probably Lasia. I, I just. I, I disagree with that. I think that you, um, you, you're doing Bowden Barrett a disservice there. I think he may not have reached the, uh, the upper echelon, the highest peaks of what he has done in previous uh, uh, games. Um, obviously, he's been moved around in different positions, but I still think he, in the majority of games, and I know we're also looking at the clutch to make the, uh, the big moment stick, but I still thought he had a, had a great game. But could he have been better? Yes. Did he reach the highest of highs? No. But was he the best 10? Yes. I, I honestly... Don't even think he was serviceable as a ten, which is crazy. Because coming into this three weeks ago, I said he was the best player in the world. Uh, I, I genuinely thought that. Um, he's had the opposite uh, impact from being in Japan. I think. Um, I, I just don't think he's he's playing good rugby at the moment. Um, I think they looked really disconnected, the All Blacks. Um, so I don't know. Like, not only do I think Wave is the best, I think Bowden Barrett. Um, I'd have him behind. Pollard uh, on this series. Why that sticks but, out to me is is that's all the talk in the Kiwi town too. Mawanga plays, mate. The All Blacks win that game by a lot. Is Bowden as good as he was? And you know what it sort of sticks out to me is obviously now the comparison that Mawanga is in some red-hot form and the conversation is who's the best 10 for the All Blacks. He's not really rising to the competition, the natural competition that comes from those two players being constantly spoken about. Like real athletes, real champions thrive at that shit and come out on top. And I'm not saying that he's not trying, but he's losing that. He's, he's not playing any better. It's not motivating him or, or finding his way into his form. It's, it's just a competition he seems to be losing or not even competing with, which is why I've gone QC. And I don't know what QC's done with you, Richard. I'd have to rewind the tapes and check every game he's played against England to see why you hate him so much. Well, I just I hate a very strong word. And no point did I say that the uh, hatred was... Well, that's what I'm receiving. That's what I'm feeling. And you can't tell me how I feel, man. Only I know that. But you can't tell me that there is hatred coming from me either. It's not hatred. <laughs> um, just in regards, going back to Bodenborough, if Richie does play, that it, then I think it is a different um, different game completely. And I think... Uh, uh, when Bowden goes back to 15 and potentially move Geordie to the wing, as mentioned before, then maybe he gets that uh, that flare back because he's such a maverick. And, you know, one of Jim's highlights, as you mentioned, was that outrageous pass that, that he did. Um, and just his, his ability to spot space and, and find support is just 
uh, just amazing at times and, yeah. and something you can't I, I agree with all of that. I think he's one preseason away in consistent selection from being the best player in the world again. Yeah, um, but I just think on the form of these games, yeah. um, he he didn't stand up. No, um, but and, I'd like to different twelve, different nine, all of those things. I'm sure played into it, but he just didn't play well. Yeah, and, and we hold him in such high regard. I think. And with the conversation around Moanga, I mean, too small of a sample size. We can't factor in the the games he played prior to the one he did in uh, in Eden Park. He only played one TRC game, man. Mm-hmm. Too small of a sample size. Consistency plays into it, and this is a democratic process, so. And, and look, I just want to clarify that, you know, I've obviously put Buddy Barrett um, forward, but you know what? I, I don't know if you know, but I have been wrong before. So I look, I could take a, a step back and say, look, if I'm wrong in this situation, I apologize. And that'll go down uh, in history. It's, it's, there's a song about it now, mate. So. I, I know. I, I know. It's, it's going to hit the charts. So, so, so Rich, you got at nine? Do you know what? I actually found this really hard to, to actually pick the nine. Um, look, just going through the team, I, in terms of Argentina, I don't, I, he didn't, I don't even know his name, if I'm being totally honest. Um, I think in terms of uh, the the um, All Black Nine, I don't think uh, TJ Paranara had his best series. I think he was uh, uh, nowhere near his best. Um, even uh, Brad Weber, I thought, actually would played really well on the weekend, but not enough sample size, to use your terminology, um, to, to gain a vote. Uh, it came down to Tate McDermott and, uh, and Nick White, and I thought between the two of them, Nick White showed enough. So for me, Nick White was my choice at, at, at nine um, out of the wallet for, for the Wallabies. Jim's Jim? mind's blown. Yeah, Nick um, White, I find that fascinating. If anyone grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and demanded he be in control, it's going to be ha- it's going to be have to be our mate Faf, Fuf, uh, Fuf de Klerk, mate. He uh, he is a huge integral part of that fucking Bucky team. He is in control of everything. No one else makes the decisions. I mean, C is always around there, but Faf is involved in everything. He's telling Pollard what the fuck to do. Um, so I'm going to go with Faf there, just leadership, grunt work, grub work, box kicking, and, uh, and those golden locks. I just, uh, I agree with your point about, I just, I suppose this, this is an, um, goes against my argument about Bowden Borough, but I just feel in this series, I think there was too many times where he didn't execute at the highest level. And his box kicks were not as accurate as what it used to be. Yes, he's up box kicks well, but not as what he what he as well as what he's done before. Um, his pass is beautiful when it can go over further than two meters, but I didn't think it was expansive as what as it could have been. And so maybe um, it wasn't quite at the level that what I'm accustomed to to for, for old faff. So yeah. that's why I went with old Nick White. Yeah, I kind of agree with Richard there. Wait. I don't think faff was in form until the last time. I just got recent game bias. And so I think I've got to go with Faf. Um, I think in those last two oh. games against New Zealand, he showed his world-class ability. I thought Tate, had, the sample size was small, but I was impressed with what I saw. And Nick White, I was impressed with what I saw. I was happy with both the Wallaby scrum halves. I think I've got to give it to Faf on, on just recent game bias. I thought on the weekend we saw Faf best halfback in the world conversations, uh, which I, I hadn't seen uh, probably since the Lions tour. Um, so I thought he was pretty average between those two. So it was nice to see. So I'm, I'm going to go with Faf and fun to say as well. Richard, your hands up. I just want to just say one thing about uh, Tate McDermott. And I, and I think uh, that um, 
I'm excited about to see his progression. Um, if he can actually improve his pass off the deck or the speed of his pass and quality of it, I think Tate has got a huge ceiling, you know, in terms of leadership as well. Um, so I'm excited to see his growth moving forward, but um, just wasn't quite um, there this tournament at the moment. But hopefully under the tutelage of uh, uh, of Nick White, that will grow, um, and hopefully he'll get more game time in the, in the spring tour as well. Now the question is with the back row here, are we picking – only if they played six, seven, and eight, or we run on to pick them out of position. No, nah, only if they ran no, on. They have to pick them. All right. Well, oh, well, I pick, pick an eight here, um, and oh, it feels crazy because of the small sample size. But I think I've got to go Van Mullen uh, for just. And again, I'm doing recent game bias here, um, but that turnover right at the end of the game was just such a big moment. Um, and when I look at the other people, New Zealand never really had a steady eight. Um, I thought Valentini played into the season quite well, uh, but I don't think he makes, uh, you know, the honourable rugby report card side. Uh, and Bruni, Bruni for mine, uh, didn't impress enough. So I'm going <laughs> for Mullen. Um, look, yeah, look, it's an interesting go there. Uh, I guess there is a small sample size for everyone outside of um, Valentini. He was pretty consistent in that spot. I, I considered Matera, but when I looked for him, I couldn't find him, man. I didn't know where Matera was, so I couldn't pick him as my my TRC8. Must be still running around in Byron. Stats, but, um, actually. Stats what, Richard? Yeah, we could use some stats here because we're, we're in the yeah, actually, pack you now. Know what, um, we're out of our element. Uh, no, Jim's with us. Um, I actually looked at uh, Montero, and actually his stats actually do say some really positive things about carriers, lineouts, and stuff like that. He's just made too many mistakes, like turnovers yeah. and penalties. On and, and off the away. field, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. But I throw to you, actually, uh, um, Adi Tarveya as an option. Oh, hold on. You just told me we had to pick him in position. Adi played at eight, yeah, mate. Yeah, he played at eight, mate. Not on the weekend. Played seven. Yeah, but there's more than oh, one game, mate. Pick Adi Tarveya. Well, that's where pick, I was going. Sure. Actually, can I just fast track this? Can we do a whole captain back row? Khaleesi, Adi. Uh, no. Not in? Uh, no. <laughs> Why not? No, because I, I feel I feel Akira had an outstanding tournament. Akira Yuani was outstanding for the buck, uh, for the All Blacks at points. No, yeah, at points, at points he was. But if if you're going for the criteria, what team's going to beat the other team? You're going to have Adi Savia over Akira Yuani every yeah. single day of the week, which is where I was going to go. Um, I, I, Adi Savia at eight. He played eight. Couple of tests back. He's my eight. Yeah, I'm also happy for an all captain back row, but I just the excitement of either Akira. Uh, Michael Hooper and Ardi Saver, or even Khaleesi Hooper Saver, the captains, as you mentioned, um, just as exciting. What a back! What a back three! You know, a, a, a set of wing forwards and a number eight. Is, that's just outside. Yeah, your line out might struggle a little, but no one cares. Mate, you only played six. You can still pick him, Richard, if you want. Oh, well, fast track me. I'm an all captain back row. Khaleesi was a beast these last two games. I didn't see much before it. Hooper was Mister Consistent. Um, and Artie, well, we just sung his praises. So you can do the math on those three. They're my votes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to second that, in fairness. See you, Khaleesi. Yeah, got better as the tournament went on. So um, I'm happy for that. Well, then, Sorry, see Jim. your Jim. Your vote is irrelevant, Jim. All right, I'll just stay put then. <laughs> and I just have uh, uh, Akira off the, uh, as a replacement, though. Could you imagine him coming on after oh, 60 minutes? We'll pick the bench after this. Yeah, we'll do the bench. No, this hasn't right, been nearly sorry. heated enough. <laughs> All right. So I hope your kid's in bed, Richard. This is going to go. Oh, absolutely. Um, just look, I wouldn't mind just throwing my say out there. Um, look, obviously, oh, love Hooper. Oh, but mm. Quagga Smith, probably a close second for me. 
just if you look at the stats, which I did just briefly, his impact on the game, especially in the two Kiwi tests, was huge. So his name uh, needs to get mentioned. I wouldn't throw him on my bench. Can I say something about Quagga Smith? Is his face too small for his body? Um, Everyone's beautiful in their own rights, Blake. I think Quagga, I get the vibe, like there's a couple of bee stings going on in his face. There's some inf- yeah, right. inflation that I, just doesn't quite resonate with the rest Beat of the week. Tra- Been over the 15-minute rule at training. And that's what happens when you're a, a bocky jackal. Your face is going to cop it a few times. Well, if they cut it down to 15, you'd be safe as houses. <laughs> yeah, you don't... So, sorry, I, I interrupted Best-looking dude. Uh, no, just in terms of honourable mentions, I think uh, for me I was super impressed with uh, Ethan Blackadder's performance in this uh, rugby championship. I think he played six, he played eight. He, I think he may have even played, uh, packed out at seven at a certain point. I just think what a what a freak. Uh, and, and for him moving forward, I think he's a long-term prospect. Not right now, potentially. Um, I think there's enough class. But, and, but that's exactly never. how I felt with him. I felt class for days, but it was very much a developmental pick. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's, yeah, that's what was interesting about this all-black side. It mm. wasn't the all-blacks. It was, there was a few picks like that, Jacobson, mm. Blackadder, et cetera. Mm. Um, all right, second row. Jim, you're up next. Second row. Um Go on, shit on, shit on Retallic. I'm not, I'm not, I can't pick Retallic, man. I go against everything that I've ever said. I'm going to go first and foremost, oh, uh, Etzebeth. You're wrong, man. Etzebeth, I thought Etzebeth was gigantic as he usually is. Um, dominating that line out, really in control at the malls, um, doing really, really well. Um, and then for my second one, look, it's going to be controversial. I know you guys aren't into it, but Tupolotu. You fucking would, wouldn't you? I disagree on both. I would. I was chuffed for his performance um, against the Argies. I thought he played exceptionally well. Um, so I'm going to run in him there as well. But obviously I know that's not going to last and I need to throw another name that wor- that's worth mentioning. Uh, I'm just going to say, Jim, that your answers reek of being the shortest man in the trio. Your second row picks. <laughs> um, ridiculous picks, Jim. Outrageous. Come on, man. Richard, as the, I tallest, always man of the tallest man in the group, what do you reckon? Um, so I got a few names to put out there, and I'm quite happy to discuss them with you. So number one, Brody Retallick. I have to say, Jim, sorry, um, completely yeah, there disagree. Was mo- Preach. There was, <laughs> there was moments where he didn't look his best, but still, I think he's uh, he was just outstanding. Um, the other ones I'd like to talk about was Lou Diaga uh, for the Bockies. Um, I thought he had a really good. I thought he had a really good series. He was actually the number one line out taker in the whole competition. Um, I thought he did well, carried the ball at times. You can't just bring. Um, you can't bring stats. To, to, to this sort of jewel, Richard. It's not how you pick teams, man. You don't pick them up stats. <laughs> what is this, money ball? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I'll go back to my uh, normal just nothing. Age hasn't done um, him well, Diago, is it? God, he's, he's in the ugly 15, that's for sure. Ooh, not opposed to picking that. that. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> you go, Richard. Uh, oh, um, the other people that I wanted to talk about was uh, Scott Barrett uh, for the All Blacks as well. Um, I think he continues to evolve as a, as a fantastic uh, rugby player, uh, both, uh, you know, in set piece, but in and around the loose as well. So they were the three names that, that stood out for me was uh, uh, Lou Diaga, uh, Barrett and Retallick. I thought Etzebet was fantastic in that last game, but he went missing in too many other games for me, Etzebet. So because it's a game of the uh, team of the tournament, they were the three that I'm going with. See, Etzebeth's arms always seduce me, but... And his chest. I haven't, his chest. I, haven't been, I haven't fallen for it this time. Uh, I'm going to second your Retallic pick, Richard, so we can just pick him in the team 
despite Jim. Uh, Andy was sensational. So Retallick is one of my second rollers. Um, look, I'm willing to concede your, your stats, Richard, but I'm going to go for my other second rower. I'm going to go for Rodder. Um, no. For just how much our team changed upon his return. We went from, wow, type five isn't up to it, till we stopped talking about it. All of a sudden we had a line out, we had a defensive maul, and our scrum looked better. Um, I, I don't think we saw him do anything amazing, but he just felt like he was the missing ingredient in our type five. Um, and- so just to confirm, the correlation, to the correlation, to use another math term for you, is that when he came in, the Wallabies started a win. So it had nothing to do with Quaid then? Look, pinch of Quaid, touch of Isaac. Typical Fox News reporting, Richard, there. You just hear what you want to hear and turn it into an article. <laughs> just wanted to clarify. What, what I want to know, Richard, what would Quaid have to do for you to say he was a good player? Uh, nothing. I've already said that. I even apologised to say that I was wrong. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, we are. So now, we're at a standstill here. There's three locks there that we can't agree on. Everyone's so clear on Etzebeth. Diaga and Etzebeth. I'm willing I'm to a, roll on Rodder and say you should probably pick a Bucky when you're picking second rollers. Yeah, I'm not picking. I'm sorry. Etzebeth, no, not consistently. Sorry, Jimmy. He's uh, out. Not, uh, yeah. So we, uh, we go on Diaga? Yeah. Diaga. Mate, he didn't even play every game. Etzebeth was there every game. Every single game. Get, uh, that feels wrong to me. It feels wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. You know what? If you, if you can't yeah. do the math on that. Yeah, come on, man. Look at the stats, man. You can't tell me how I feel, man. It feels wrong. And, Richard, <laughs> it feels like a lot of hate's coming from you. <laughs> um, all right. Just for the record, I'm sorry, Jim. Richard, you are picking our front row. You can do the two props and then we'll, do, we'll jump over to hookers. Uh, I've actually, uh, which will surprise both of you, I actually have the two Wallaby uh, props, actually. I have Slipper at one and I have uh, Tupo um, on the other side. I just feel like there was, for the All Blacks, there was a bit too much chop and change. Uh, but for me, I go back to set piece um, and I'm going to go towards Slipper here more than Tupo. I thought the way he uh, he scrummaged, uh, James Slipper particularly, uh, was was outstanding. I thought he got better as the tournament gone on. Tupo in the loose. His last couple of games, Tupo, he wasn't at the higher, the, as high a level as the bigger games. And maybe that's just because of the competition that you were facing. Uh, but again, uh, for me, the two uh, outstanding props were, were Slipper and Tupo. Wallaby fans, if that doesn't get you going, a pommy telling us the two Wallabies that make your sides are the two props. If that doesn't get you going, I don't know what will. You're not alive. You're not living. Um, I'm going to go Tupo on one side. Um, I think, yeah, for every reason you just said, he, he was clearly done. I, look, I came in here and swung off his nuts every week. I'm not going to not pick him, am I? Um, and then on the other side, look, I, I don't really know what side's what. I'm going to go Cock. Um, he, he just terrified me off the bench this week. Just such an intense dude. Can intensity get you in the team? You He's such a wallaby me. selector, just going off the last game you saw. Nothing about consistency. Mate, oh. Good thing you're not in charge. So so Richard's money ball and I'm all last game. What are you, Jim? <laughs> I factor in both arguments. What's your methodology? I factor in both. I go off gut. I go off how I feel. Um, I'm going to back up with Tupo. How could you not really? Um, and and at, at one, the... The All Blacks sort of just, it was speed dating, mate. They pick a prop, play two tests, then swap them. Um, Finishing up on Moody, who played all right. Um, But, you know, no one else really jumped off the page in that regard. Hmm. But, man, Cock was a bit scary. 
I was going to go. He wasn't scared. He was terrifying. I was going to go Ox. I was going to go the Ox, who um who started for him. But that's going to throw things into a whirlwind if I go the Ox. I'm going Tupo, who we've agreed on. And no one wants to hear a detailed conversation about props. No. Second rowers <laughs> went too long. Second rowers went way oh, too that's long. That's a bit harsh. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> Um, so, but Ox is where I'm going to go, and if you guys aren't happy with Ox, I'm happy to right, back I'm rolling on, on Slipper then. You reckon I'm going to miss the opportunity to pick two Wallabies in my team? I won't. Slipper, you're in. Yeah, Slipper's in then. All right, I'm up next. Hooker, Malcolm Marks. Played off the bench, that dominant. He's yeah, in my he, team. he's a muscle man. I'm going one just to fill the quote. I'm going Montana. Yeah, and that means you get two <laughs> Slippers in the one team. You do. Wouldn't that be great packing down? <laughs> That's a pretty good shout. Richard, who are you siding with here? Uh, no, it's got to be Malcolm Bucks. I have to say, just, he's just um, an absolute beast. Can, can I change? Mate, the bloke didn't even come off. He, he didn't start a tick, didn't start a game, man. Yeah, but what are they? What, Doesn't matter. What's Rassi up to, you know? He picks a better bench than he does a run on side. Yeah, bomb squad. Like, he played more minutes in the starting hooker on Saturday. Isn't Cody Taylor, like, really? If we're going to call oh, call I, a spade I had, a spade, I had Cody Taylor as my reserve hooker. Yeah, he's he was he was a freak. If, if I'm yes. picking uh, the best possible team, not based off this competition, of course it's Cody Taylor. It's Malcolm Marks and Cody Taylor every day. Yeah, but, but it's we're this picking this competition. So for this competition, I'm going to go James Slipper, the the Puma, the Argentinian captain. Yeah, I'm going Montoya too, mate. Played six games as captain, didn't win one. That te- there's some skill in that. The boys are drinking lagers in Byron Bay, and he's out there getting his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, he's backing running up, extras, backing up, playing for the Wallabies and the Boomers. <laughs> So what have you two just agreed to? No, I mean, Montoya's in. Montoya's so in. We've got Slipper at one and Slipper at two. Oh, my God. Who's your captain? Now, who's your captain in your 15? Oh, shit. We've picked every captain. I'm going Quaid, obviously. <laughs> oh, I've got to go uh, Brody Retallick, surely. I'm going Faf. You're in. <laughs> so we've picked Montoya, Khaleesi, Savia, and Hooper, and we've picked <laughs> Quaid and Retallick to captain the side. <laughs> So Quaid's captain and then Metallic um, and Faf, the co-vice captain. That is funny. We've got to pick on. one, so I'll roll Quaid's in. <laughs> <laughs> Richard's having a conniption. Uh, just his uh, leadership is outstanding. The mentoring that he's given to the younger members of the squad, I can yeah. see him step it up yeah. to that. For about Never lost that. a game as captain either. All that self-help nonsense, mate. It's all working. Um, yeah. All right, so we're going to post this team up on our social medias and we want to hear what you think, uh, what changes you would make to it. I'd be very interested to see if people, who they agree with, who they disagree with um, and, and whose name did we just miss out. Boys, do you want to run through the bench really quickly? Love to. Richard, you want to start us off with 16? I think you've already picked him. Uh, who did we say? Did Marks. you end up putting? Uh, Montoya got in. Oh, Montoya, yeah, then, then Marks gets in. Marks yes. gets in. I was still trying to ascertain whether you actually put Montoya in the team or not. <laughs> uh, reserve props. Jesus. I'm going with the uh, Ox, man. I was impressed with the Ox. I'm putting Ox in at, at 17. I think, yeah, Kitchkoff. Yeah, he's, he's scary mess. looking too. He's you know what? Let's go the Bomb Squad. Can we go Kitchkoff and Cock? Yeah. Yeah. All right. The, and, and Marks. So we're the whole Bomb Squad. Yeah, just have the bomb squad as the front the row. Bomb squad as the yeah? front row. It's a no-brainer. All right. Um, who's your second row on the bench? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into Jim here, unless you can twist my mind, Richard. Uh, I'm gonna lean into Ipolotto. Um impact off the bench. I don't think you can uh, surely say that Tui Pilotto is gonna make more of an impact than uh, uh, the Scott Barrett, no? 
See, if I'm going off Blake's method, I thought Scott Barrett played pretty poorly the weekend just gone. Wasn't too You too just shadow that. over my methodology. <laughs> <laughs> now you're adopting it. But um, I'm into Tupolotu. I'm into it. I just think he's he's a he's a bigger athlete. Um more athletic for sure. And I think, you know, there's room for that shit in the dying minutes of a test. What about Adsabat coming off the bench for you, Jim? Uh, I don't, he's not an impact player. He either plays the whole game or he doesn't, doesn't get to go. Yeah. So, Richard, who are you going with? Because we can't agree here. We're just saying every second row we know. Uh, I think Scott Barrett's a better option. Sorry, Jim. All right. Let's move on. We've got the... Uh, are we going Scott Barrett? Scott Barrett, you're in. Yeah. You're good on, Scott. And then 19. Um, look, I'll jump the queue here. I wouldn't mind uh, a Kramer or a Swinton just for a yellow card, bring a bit of drama, throw a punch. <laughs> but I am going to go Pete, Pistol Pete the Tarksano. Uh, he didn't run on, didn't play well. Off the bench, though, his form off the bench was sensational. And you're not going to come on here and question his tuck shirt, are you? So I'm going Pete Sama no. off the bench. No. I'm not no question his tuck shirt, but I'd question whether uh, Akira Ioani would make more of an impact off the bench in after 60 minutes tiring defence. Tucked or untucked, Richard? Oh, oh, that's a ridiculous question, Blake. Why even ask me that? It has to be tucked. Uh, or even Satutu, you know, coming off the bench as an option. I think that's that's more exciting than Pete Sama, sorry. That, that's sacrilege. Jim? Crazy. Sean McMahon, the mad I, I, I was going to bring him up as a note. It's too small of a sample size. Um, but but I like the idea of someone with a bit of nudge. Bit Didn't of, need either, though, did he? Bit of fist to face. I like that coming off the bench. But I'm actually going to run with Quagga Smith here, the old sevens player, really open them up in between, really just open them up and get in there. That's what I was going for with Quagga. So Quagga's making mine. Is anyone going to roll here? I'm not moving on this or Pete. His form no, off the bench was so good. Who's Richard got? Offloads. He's got a Kiriwani. Do you know what? You watch, you watch this, Blake? Quagga Smith, Jim. Yes. Quagga's in. Quagga's in. I'll make the call tomorrow. Let him know. That's a terrible decision. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) All right. Who are we running as our backup halfback? Now you've got to think what they're offering off the bench here. Uh, We've gone fast for a run on. mm. Yeah. And I hear what you're saying. Like the argument could be for Tech McDermott because he's he's very loose. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But. It's just, I still think as a number nine, like even when Nick White came off the bench for Tate McDermott earlier on, and I still think he played very well and made a difference. So I understand making impacts and everything. I'd still probably. You cut out a bit there, Richard, but I think you said uh, whatever Blake says, you echo. Fair enough. No, 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 definitely not. No, <laughs> no, no. I still think I would choose uh, Nick White over uh, Tate. Sorry, boys. Jim, what do you reckon? Yeah, look, I was leaning Nick White too. My issue with Tate off the bench, it's all there, mate. It's a matter of time. It, it's like a good Sunday roast. You just got to wait that one out. Um, it's coming. So I'm going to go with Nick White with Richard here. I just think he's more composed and and a bit lightning in the real important moments of the match. Tate comes over and overplays his hand a bit to my, for my mind. So I'm going. Yeah, with and look, I like a bit of a throwback to the 1920s. Nick White, you're in. Um, how about our reserve fly half inside back? Well, you're picking on versatility here, aren't you? Yeah, I got a, I got a wild one here for you. What about? I hope it's Richie Malana. Uh, no, because I don't think he played enough. Mm. Like, um, which actually might defeat this next argument. But what about Damian McKenzie to cover too many a uh, uh, number of positions? Yeah, I don't hate it. If I'm picking a team, I don't hate it at all. I just don't know if he played well enough in this competition. No, I, I, I yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I hear that. But I, I don't have much else to offer you. 
I just feel like covering 10 and even 12, 15, you can play, play on the wing. Like I just feel like there's a lot of variety in it. So, But it is supposed to be picking the best team. So there is an argument for it, I suppose. If Quaid doesn't get in the team, then for uh, sorry, if Quaid's our 10, then I think Bowden Barrett has to be the man off the bench then. Because you, you're definitely not replacing your captain, Quaid. No, he's placed a full 80, mate. Um, He'll be slotting penalties at the 81st minute. Uh, is kicking goals, mate. Um, look, I'm I'm a bit tongue tied here. I know who I want for 23, but 22, our know, inside back, Jim. What do you reckon? Well, you got to look at the team we've picked. If if Cooper goes down, who's playing 10, mate? No one there plays 10. So you need Geordie, a genuine 10. Jordy could do it. You got to pick a genuine 10, and and Bowden covers that fullback spot too. Because if Barrett goes down. Well, you put Kellaway there. Kellaway doesn't have that much experience playing 15 at this level, so I'm going Bowden. It just what is this? Itself. We're playing the Northern Hemisphere. Um, so you're going Bowden. Richard, you're going Jamie McKenzie. No, 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 no. I, I, I changed my answer. I, I thought we had Bowden in the team, and then I realised that, you know, I bowed down to, you know, high-level knowledge of you two. So definitely Bowden needs to be in the, on the off the bench. All right, Bowden. All right, 23. I'm going Francois Stone. I knew you would, you I saucy mix. How good is this fat dude ripping in the backs? <laughs> he wasn't ripping. What are you talking about? No. He was fucking sensational. Well, How I just love, picked? He, I love, mate, that he chuffed off when he was like 14 to stop playing Super Rugby and every big tournament he just rolls in <laughs> in a little bit worse shape and just rips. I'm in. Francois Stone is my 23. Covers. 12 to 15, 10 to 15 comfortably as well um, for versatility. We're picking Jim, a genuine a- 23 here, someone off the bench. He's yeah. my pick. Jim, who are you going for? It's not bad. It's not bad. I'll give you that. It's not bad. But I'm I'm very much sort of leaning towards Buffelli here. Buffelli here for my oh, 23. Just He's got that long-range boot. Got yeah. that long-range boot. Understanding that this is a four-nation competition too. Um, you know, to keep the politics happy, the ones who are sitting behind the desks of this comp. Um, so I'm going to go Buffelli. I think, you know, he's he's got spark. Did you know, he even he, play 15? Mate, everyone outside. No, no, he can't play the wing full time. He's played 15 before, though. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing and he's coming off the bench. You get, you're getting an impact player and he really is a victim at the moment of everyone who's controlling the game inside him. I think he's is, the opposite. I think he's the beneficiary. Of, he's the one bloke the commentators know his name. No, because he was lightning. He played some six seasons for the Haguares. He did. And he's done he some did. lights out stuff. And he didn't do it this comp. Nah, nah, wasn't close. But <laughs> it's just enough. He did catch that say. one kick. He did catch that one quick and score against the All Blacks, mate. Come on. He scored against the All Blacks. That's a big thing. I mean, do you just like saying the name before? I think he be does. Honest. Yeah, it's I fun. Think he does. Yeah, it's I fun. like saying Francois, though, to be fair. Yeah, I'm very happy to roll and pick a fat 2 3, though. <laughs> So are you actually, is the, the decision's made then, yes? Francois State is our uh, 23. Well, what are you yes? picking, Richard? Unless you're coming out with some mind-blowing decision. Convince me. Change my mind. Uh, Jim, you just speak the truth. So I'll just, I'll stay with you, man, and stay pick with Francois State. Just for his boot. Just for his kicking ability. Get those, uh, uh, get get the get the team turned around. So yeah, um, let's go, Francois What State. do you reckon? Buffelli kicks long because Geordie kicks long. If you're picking him just for the boot, we've got Geordie, mate. Kicks the furthest out of all of them. Hey, Geordie's in the team, mate. That's why he's got started mean. 15. Yeah. Is Reese Hodge like Bizarro World, Francois Stain? No. They both got the long boot, both heaps versatile, but Francois Stain's fat and really good. Reese Hodge is yoked and not that good. I think Francois did more. 
He did a lot well. more, mate. Yeah. He's won yeah. World Cups, Lions yeah. series. He's done everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's at 23. Reece, mm. He won a couple of games for the Rebels, man. I don't think he did. I don't think no, he did that just, either. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> um, all right, that is our Rugby Championship 23. That was fun. I enjoyed that. We should be selectors. Yeah. Mm, I think one <laughs> of us should be select- uh, selector. Ooh. Maybe. Who you picking? Yeah. I'll leave that up to the uh, people to, to <laughs> you choose. You need two yeah. votes. I'm picking me. <laughs> you know what? I'll Richard, pick, you know, I'll, you know what? I'll, pick, I'll pick Jim too. Yeah. I'll pick... <laughs> so, Retallic, pick your shit up and beat it. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but, yeah, uh, look, you know what? What a, what a tournament. At the end of the day, everything considered, you know, Australia has gone into lockdown um, we had a Queensland comp that lived up to all the hype. It was like a touring circus at one point. And they would just pack up, go to town, go to the next town, play a sick few tests and then move on. And it really galvanised the year, got everyone together and was an awesome cap off to the domestic comp. Um, I wish they could keep, I wish it was sustainable, this sort of tour estate or tour nation and, and get the boys moving together and everything else, but it's not. It's not something I think we'll ever see again. I don't think we'll ever see something structured like this again, which is a shame because it was awesome, man. It was brilliant. But you guys called it when I called for it a few weeks ago and you just said, well, the, the year it's in South Africa, we'll be off it. <laughs> Time zones and whatnot. Um, but it was a brilliant competition. The best the Wallabies have played since the 2015 World Cup. Springboks showed up in the end. The Pumas fought after an arduous international season. Um, and the All Blacks are the, the motherfucking All Blacks. So I enjoyed it. It was it was brilliant. Brilliant watching. Um, and it certainly made lockdown a lot more palatable. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. But I think what is also that we need to remember that, yes, we've finished this and maybe the spring level of interest in the spring tour for some rugby fans will drop off. But we have to remember the next touring nation that's coming to Australia is England, I believe, next uh, next year. So that'll Can get the imagine? excitement level. Can you imagine the arguments on this podcast? Mate, go back four years. Rewind the tapes, mate. How, we, did our you? How did our friendship survive that? Well, I didn't, let's be honest. <laughs> it's, been, it's been ugly ever since. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I know. Just being polite, really. Yeah. Um, oh, that'll be huge. Bring it all on. Um, mm. Yeah, awesome. Do, what do you boys think? Does this 23 beat a Northern Hemisphere 23? Uh, no, Northern Hemisphere is one step ahead of every Southern Hemisphere team. Um, obviously, uh, I don't know, the cream will rise to the top and they play an out, uh, outstanding brand of rugby. So, Didn't uh, we? We, we kind of saw this. We kind of saw it a couple of, like a month, two months ago when they brought their best of the best down and, and South Africa just fucking dusted them. And half the <laughs> South Africans didn't even make our team, mate. You know, good no, mostly they just made it for comic relief. Yeah. Baffery's hair. We saw the best you've got and it's not great. <laughs> Do you know what? All jokes aside, yeah, I think they would. The only thing would be on a serious note, combinations, no. But I, I'm looking forward to if, if you should, uh, Australia struggle against the Northern Hemisphere's teams in a few weeks' time, I'm looking forward to you two comment, your two's commentary on it. Yeah, there'd be no podcast, mate. Look, I, I think just to cap it <laughs> off as well, we should pick a coach and, a, and an assistant coach. And I'm going Rennie for sure. And I'm going Sunny Bill for the assistant coach of the series. Nah. No, it needs to be Rassi for Rassi needs to be in there as an assistant coach just for the undermining <laughs> tweets. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm going to go with Richard and... there. Rassi is assistant, um, and then I'm going to go Checker as head coach. Really? Yes. <laughs> what? Just want to see Faf pass it. 
<laughs> He'll have no other choice. <laughs> That's a good observation. It's a ploy just to watch Faf pass the ball. I'm pumped for this this spring tour shit. I really enjoy it. They're setting the alarm. They're getting up for it. Um, they're usually really good encounters, well, uh, encounters as well, because you know we're not playing at our best, and the Northern Hemisphere is just a bit shit. So that's the usually one big contest. Kids telling us how much he's looking forward to waking up for the games. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. You guys won't watch him, mate. You won't even wake up the next day and put him on. You, you reckon I don't bleed gold? I'll watch him, mate. I'll be yeah, out. I won't watch all of them, but um, as in like I won't watch all the Springboks or all the All Blacks ones. But fuck, I'm so, I love it. Well, we do know who our uh, primary reporter is from those games, then. So, Jim, I'm looking for uh, looking forward to an in depth analysis for each of the Spring Tour games. So you can count on me. All right, awesome, fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I'm actually looking forward to the games because whatever your feelings are about the the Northern Hemisphere, however ill informed that they are. Um, it will be uh, it's great because the contests will be close. Um, who knows what team England will pick, what team Wales will pick? You know um, how the French will line up. It'll be it's it'll be intriguing, mm. and it it will be the litmus test, as you said. Can Australia win abroad? And if they do, fantastic. The bandwagon will continue on, and it will be exciting because the game will grow. Because success is all about that. COVID's added another element of excitement. So we're talking about leaving our Pattayas, our Wilsons, all back at home so they can have a preseason. Um, because they've never got to have one in their young careers, and bringing in Arnold, Skelton, Latu. There's something exciting about it. Whether it works and it's some silver lining, who knows, but it's exciting. Like, it's it's cool to watch that. It's it's almost like a, a fantasy rugby scenario where, where you get to pick these Northern Hemisphere players, which you normally wouldn't, and Rennie can justify it because of COVID. Um, so I think it's exciting. I think that that's a nice silver lining in the season and yeah. it adds a, an element of drama or excitement when you wake up at 2am to watch the game. There's definitely a vibe of Blues Brothers about it. It's like Dan, Dave Rennie, Dan Aykroyd's getting the band back together. So he's doing a tour of the Northern continent and, uh, and getting them all back and bringing them back to home shores to make a good launch of this World Cup campaign. So there is that exciting element of it. Just seeing them in gold is fucking awesome too. Um, but the only other takeaway that I'll mention, this will wrap me up, is Marcus Smith is all the talk. I watched his highlights reel. Fucking, that it's scary. It's a very good player, man. I hope he gets a good run at 10 for England, yeah. Yeah, I think Marcus Smith is, is exciting and he's been uh, he's been ripping it up. And obviously, he went on that live store, so he is ripping. super... Yeah, he is super exciting. Um, it's just the gameplay that England want to play. How are you going to do it? What's the midfield and the like to support him? There's so many question marks. As I said to you last week, it's a new squad, so many exciting talents. Um, so it's going to be a huge learning curve, but I think it's exciting uh, from that point. And to test ourselves against uh, a lot of the um, uh, the Southern Hemisphere giants um, is, 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 is... Giants. I like that. I well, actually, that's the name for our team, the Quade Cooper Giants. And just to go back on a point, by the way, I wouldn't worry so much, Blake, about the continuity because obviously having your uh, having Quaid in there, I'm sure he'll mould uh, together a well-functioning team in such a short space of time. We're right? doing heaps of self-help bullshit. They'll be fine. That's what I'm saying. So no excuses. Um, all right, boys. Well, nice to podcast. Um, I wanted to throw a shout-out to Tom, who's in lockdown in Kiwi land. Um, cheers for listening. And cheers to anyone who listens to us. It's always, um, I don't know about you boys, but it's it's the best part when you go on Twitter and you see some people throwing some shade at us. 
taking the piss out of us or, or, or remembering something that we said. Yeah. Um, it validates the whole thing for me because we're certainly not making any money. Um, so those things are awesome. So thank you so much for anyone who's listening. I guess there is a sense now too that this comp's wrapped up. I will pod throughout the end of the year, but um, there is a sense of completion from from the domestic rugby. We started early in February doing the Super Rugby and now the TRC is just wrapped up. Um, it's been a good domestic season. It's been heaps of fun, man, and, and we'll be back next year, I'm sure. Yeah, and I, I can tell you how this is going to uh, plan out. If Australia win three of three, we will be back, I'm sure, every week. And if you if we if Australia win two out of three or only one out of three, you won't see us for a few months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a pretty safe bet. But we are planning on doing one um, a state of the game podcast in the next couple of weeks. So keep your ears tuned. Your 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 podcatchers. Oh, fuck, you know, just listen. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you, mate. All right, All right thanks, guys. Yeah.